The 26th will be having at 7 p.m. They will be live streaming the um, message that they're having. I'm, I wrote down live stream, but it's a pre-recorded uh, thing that they're going to uh, put up there. So uh, it's not actually live, but it will go on Facebook uh, on the 26th at 7 p.m. And then uh, also just remind everyone, follow us on Facebook. We have several social media things that you can follow us. Facebook is our main uh, thing for videos and live church services. We stream live every Sunday morning on the Christian Fellowship Church uh, Facebook page that you can watch those services from home. So if you're watching right now, you're on Facebook naturally. Um, we also uh, put, post our latest updates and things on that uh, so you know what's going on. Uh, also, three other ways you could do it is uh, we have a Christian Fellowship Church app. If you look at the bottom of the Facebook page or the website, you'll see this logo there. You click on there, and that'll take you uh, to the Ministry One app that ties you into the church, and uh, you'll be able to give online through that app, or you could even watch the videos and different things of church services. All right, and then we also have the YouTube channel that we post our videos on, and that would be on the Christian Fellowship Church, Pastor Scott Sheremy, makes it easier to find, you could, uh, now that's not live, it, it is posted like a day or so after, um, that you could go back and watch, 
and also the old website you could go to, which has all the information, which is uh, welcometocfc.com. There's online sermons and online giving. Everything could be done from there. So uh, uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, New Generations, uh, for those that are, uh, have children and you're still not coming back yet, uh, at 7 o'clock tonight, they're going to premiere their service that they're having right now. Um, so we are having uh, New Generations Children's Church on Sunday mornings, for those of you that may not know. Uh, so 7 o'clock tonight, you can watch it. Tonight's their premiere. It'll be on... Uh, want a happy birthday. If you're having a birthday between now and next Sunday, raise your hand. We just want to say happy birthday. Josh is having a birthday, so ha happy birthday, Josh, but he's in children's church, so can you, you could give him that message for us? Okay. <laughs> he's confused. I like messing. That's my daughter, Michelle. I like messing with her, so. <laughs> so. All right. Hey, anyone else having a birthday? Uh, I got sidetracked there. All right. Anyone uh, having an anniversary between now and next Sunday? Right in the back, Kristen. And, and Ryan, how many years? 29 years. Happy anniversary. All right. Amen. And w what day is it? Tomorrow. Well, happy anniversary tomorrow. Amen. Anyone else? Anniversaries? Okay. Now, you see... Y'all keep with your hair like that, and out the corner of my eyes, I think they're waving, raising their hands. All right, so let's go. <laughs> Just want to, uh, again, uh, get ready to receive our tithe and offering uh, this morning. Just to remind everyone, since we're not uh, open all the way, different ways you could give. Uh, if you go to the next slide there, Matthew. You can give online at welcometocfc.com, or you can mail it into the post office at Post Office Box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana, 70373, or you could drop it off during uh, Phase 2. The church secretary is only here on Mondays. Uh, from mon Mondays from 9 to 2, you could drop it off here that way, or again, giving online. Now, we've been having trouble with people understanding the way we're bringing the offering right now because we don't, we don't want uh, uh, to hand out those things. So how many remember in school playing musical chairs? Raise your hand if you ever played musical chairs. You know, music plays, and then it's, when they stop playing, you got to hurry up and sit down. Well, same kind of premise. you got to go in the same direction. We don't want people running into each other. So let me do this for you. Example, if I'm in these two sections, what I'm going to do when we pick up the offering, you're going to come down this little aisle only. You'll come this way. Dun, 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 dun. Don't stop the music. <laughs> You'll put it in the basket, and then you could go down this aisle back to your seat. Once this side's completely finished, I'll announce that this side could come. And what you're going to do is everyone come up this side aisle. Sing for me, T-Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, the music stops and you throw it in, and then you go down this aisle to, uh, back to your seat, all right? So that way we don't have people uh, running into each other. I was about to write a bunch of tickets last week out of everybody. We, remembering we do want to uh, keep the social distancing uh, guidelines um, throughout all this. All right, so let's just go ahead and uh, have our uh, scriptures for uh, offering this week. Psalms 147.5 says... 
Great is our Lord and mighty in power. He under, he is understanding, his understanding has no limit. Psalms 59, 16 says, But I will sing of your strength. In the morning I will sing of your love. For uh, you are my fortress, my refuge in times of trouble. And Psalms 86, 10 says, For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. So if you have your offering, hold it in your right hand and repeat after me today. Say, as I give in today's offering, I reflect on the greatness and power of my God. God is capable of doing anything. No task is too large or too difficult for him. His power is never restrained. God is all-powerful. He does what he chooses to do whenever and wherever. God is watching over me, and he supplies for me by his power. Nothing is too difficult for God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm putting you on the spot. You're going to play some music for them when they come up? Now, don't stop because then they're all going to sit down. Uh, so <laughs> we got to keep it going. So right now, these two aisles only come up this aisle, uh, place the offering, and uh, go down the middle aisle back to your seat. If you need a prayer cloth, we have a th uh, three of them left there. You're more than welcome to pick them up. of you glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. How many of you know that if it doesn't matter what's going on in this world, we can still have peace with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. He is more than able and more than capable of doing whatever we can ask or imagine. And we're going to just pray right now. Just let, Let's just stand to our feet right now. Let's just pray for our country right now. Father, we just come to you right now and I lift up our country for the you know that uh, uh, a spirit of division has tried to enter into this country right now, Father God, but we bind it right now, Father God, and we ask that you loose your spirit of peace and unity across this nation right now, Father God. Flood this nation with your love and your presence right now, Father. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And everyone says, 
Amen. You might as well stay standing up. We're having our call to worship right now. As in 1 Corinthians 15, 55 through 58, it says, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, but the power of sin is the law. I love that next word. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm in the faith. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor is not in vain. Father, we just come to you this morning, and I turn this entire service over to you right now, Father. Father, I just pray a special anointing upon Brother Jerry as he's going to come and minister this morning, Father. Let every word that comes out of his mouth, Father God, God, be from the throne room of heaven, Father. Father, I just come against anything that would try and hinder this service or come against this service right now, Father. I pray that your spirit would move in this place, that it would, your spirit would move in all the homes of those that are watching online right now, Father. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone shouts, Amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and let's worship the Lord this morning. We're going to worship the Lord this morning. And uh, this next song just says that God is never going to fail us. And I think a lot of times when we look around and see things going on in this country uh, with this COVID-19 and just the division in our country, I just pray right now as we're worshiping, just keep that in mind. God never fails us. Everything's in God's timing. And we're just going to praise him this morning right now and give him the praise he deserves. Amen. I count on one thing, the same God that never fails, will not fail.
Your blood, I've been the 
Raise your hands to him this morning. Father, we worship you, Jesus. Father, you are worthy of all praise, Lord Jesus. You are so worthy of our praises, Lord. Father, we offer up all our praise to you, Jesus. Father, we surrender everything to you, Lord. Lord, we know you have us in the palm of your hand, Lord. We know that we are in the palm of your hand, Lord Jesus. And there is nothing that the enemy can dish out that you can't take care of, Father. Lord, we seek refuge. Father, we seek refuge in the palm of your hand, Lord. And Lord, we know that you're going to raise a standard against the attacks of the enemy on us. The closer we draw to you, Lord, the closer that we draw to you, Father. Your spirit begins to envelop us. The closer we draw to you, Lord, that the strength of the enemy's attack becomes weak. Father, we run to you. Father, we run to you. Father, we run to you. You are so worthy, Lord. We run, Lord. We run to you. That's all I keep hearing. We run into the hands of the Lord and receive divine protection. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus.
trust you
can be dismissed hallelujah we're gonna get right into it because I if you'll stand for the reading of the word I told pastor Scott about six years ago I did a um, six-hour teaching on the armor of God and the struggle this week was to get everything into with 40 minutes so we, we're going to attend to do six hours of armor of God teaching into 40 minutes, and we'll see where God takes us. But it, we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 10, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. I want you to know that Paul was in prison in chains as he's writing this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. How many of you know we live in evil days? And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, where which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayers and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Let's pray. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would anoint my lips of clay, Father, Lord, my, that, that would only speak what you would have me to speak from your throne room. I thank you for every person here, every person watching online, every person that will watch the replay, Lord God. I pray, pray that you would fill them, Lord, to overcapacity with your spirit, that you would place a fire in their belly that cannot be quenched, and Satan, the blood of Jesus against you from stopping anyone from receiving the word that goes forth today. Father, Lord, I pray that it brings forth fruit and fruit that remains, Lord. We give you honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Before you see it, give the Lord a hand clap. We thank you, Jesus, for what you're going to do today. <clears throat> you may be seated. The, the Bible says here, stand a lot. Stand, stand, stand. And finally he says, stand therefore. What he's saying here is wait. 
Be still and wait. Sometimes in the midst of chaos, we have to be still and know that he is God. Because someone's being still doesn't mean they're doing nothing. You see, because we don't operate on on a, a, a physical level, we operate on a spiritual level. So someone can be still and pray and wait on the Lord, yet they're actively doing something by being still. You know, we, we have to know that God is in control, but he uses people to control situations. He is in control, yes, but do you know he uses us to control the situation? He uses us as a weapon against the enemy. Listen, you were born on purpose for a purpose, and that purpose was to destroy the works of Satan. And if we're not armored up, if we're not suited up, there's no way we can withstand in this evil day we're living in. You know, listen, listen, our little bayou, I met with, uh, pa- uh, Pastor, I met with Sheriff Craig Weber uh, last Wednesday night to talk about the different things going on in the bayou. And, and, you know, I told him that we're blessed. Number one, because of where we live. I mean, I, I don't have to worry about waking up tomorrow and not having a grocery store to shop in because they looted everything. But let me tell you something. There's some good Christian people who live in cities that is chaos right now. Yeah, we are protected where we at because of our area, and, and, and I don't think we'd put up with it. Like Sheriff Weber said, he said, there's too many armed people that would just allow people to do what they think they can do. I mean, we wouldn't have to call the deputy. I think there's enough people that would be taking care of stuff before the 20, 25 minutes the deputy takes to show up. And, and, and it just ain't going to happen. But, but I'm telling you, there's good Christians living in cities where things are happening that they don't know what to do. If they go out and say, Jesus loves you, they'll be beaten. Who would have thought that in America? Being arrested for trying to bring peace. You know, the Bible says in Isaiah, before Christ comes, woe to them who call good evil and evil good. And we see a lot of that going on today, where now the police are evil. But yet, protesting is good. And I'm not talking about peaceful protesting. I'm talking insinuating violence like people are doing So in this day, we need to know that God is in control, but he uses people still. You know, the six pieces of armor separated by two verbs. The first verb is to be a state that we're always in. And the last three, it's on a needs basis. It's kind of like a baseball player. He has an, an outfit he wears, but he takes a bat as he needs it. He takes a glove as he needs it. He puts on the catcher's equipment as he needs it. You know, the first three parts of the arm, it says having. And the last three, it says take. So we're going to try and break it down in in 40 minutes. And and then we'll, happy Father's Day, by the way, all the fathers. Appreciate you guys. But here we say, you know, it's, it's, we have to begin to operate on heavenly authority. You know, two weeks ago I spoke in New Orleans, but my body was in cutoff. In other words, I was sitting in cutoff, but I had authority in New Orleans through Zoom. And I was in New Orleans speaking. You know, we could physically be on earth, but be walking in heavenly authority. And that's having the armor of God. It says 
in, in the first one, it is the belt of truth. Truth is God's view on any subject. Think about that. Now, we're going to go into a little bit of teaching, then maybe at the end I'll preach a little bit, but we're gonna, I want to teach you something because I believe that we need this armor for today. Truth is God's view on any subject. If you're having marital issues, what's God's view on that subject? Not what you think, not what happened. What's God's view on that subject? You're dealing with problems at work, what's God's view on that subject? You have kids that are going crazy, what's God's view on that subject? We have to understand that the truth is God's truth on any subject. You know, truth is more than just facts. Truth is more than just facts. You know, uh, you can wake up with a headache, and that's a fact. You could have a migraine. So you're taking migraine pills because the fact is you got a headache, but you go get a brain scan, and then now you got a tumor. That's the truth. That, now we get into the source of actually what's hurting you. Now we get into the source of, of what we need to take care of. And I think a lot of people argue facts and don't get down to the truth of the matter. Because what you see may not always be what it is. A lot of times what you see on TV portrays a picture, but that's not truly what it is. You know, like, like the, the little black baby and the little uh, white toddler that they see one's chasing the other one, and they portray a picture of something, but they don't show them hugging at the beginning. See, they only show you partial truths so you can make an assumption on something that might be facts, but what you're thinking might not be true. Come on now. And we have to be careful what we see on TV because you might be looking at something that's factual, but it may not be the whole truth to the picture. It may not, you're not getting the whole puzzle. You're only getting what someone wants you to portray as truth. So they use only certain parts of facts to give you what you want to see, what they want you to see, but it's not all truth. It's not all truth. So we have to be careful. The truth you know will set you free. The Bible says, and you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So it's the truth you know that's going to set you free. That's why God's word is so prevalent, because we have to know the truth for the truth to set us free. We have to know that Jesus came and died for our sins so that we can be saved. And he's the only way. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, not Allah. Jesus is the only way. That's the truth of the word of God. So we have to know the truth. You know, one of the things, if you know the truth, listen, if you know the truth, I jotted down three things from an hour-long study on the belt that I had put six years ago. It will bring stability to our temperament. Once you know the truth, your temperament is going to become stable. It's going to become stable. You know, you, you, you're hurting and, and you, 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 you go Google what could be hurting you. And the top three things is cancerous and then all the other little symptoms. And all of a sudden, your temperament now is going to cancer. Your temperament is going to this. Your temperament is, uh, it, it could be this. But then you go to the doctor and get the truth. And what happens when you find out the truth that it's not cancerous? What your temperament does, it eases your temperament. Everything in your body begins to be eased and, and you're no longer stressed and have anxiety. You know what else knowing the truth will do? 
it'll control your thoughts. It'll control your thoughts. You know, you, your kids go out for the weekend. They just got their license. You let them go somewhere, and, and then you can't get a hold of them on, your, on the cell phone. What happens to your thoughts? Automatically, I hope they didn't get in an accident. I hope something didn't happen to them. You know, and all it was, he forgot his cell phone in his truck while he's watching the movie. So he gets in his truck, sees 50 missed calls from his mom, 25 text messages, and say, man, something happened at the house. Something's going on. Maybe, maybe they're at the hospital. I mean, there must be an emergency at the house. So you see how now temperament, thoughts, until what? Well, where were you? Well, I was watching a movie, left my phone in the truck. Well, I thought something was wrong at the house. Well, I thought something was wrong with you. But now the truth all of a sudden calms all the thoughts down. You know, it will control also, this is big, the truth will allow us to control our speech. Not only will it control our temperament and our thoughts, but now how we talk to somebody, what we say to somebody. A lot of times we say things before we think. I ain't going to stay on that too long. Truth refers to something that has been laid out tangibly and clear before our eyes. Think about this. You know what we have from earth that came from heaven that we tangibly can see? We tangibly can read? We tangibly can speak with our tongue? That's the Word of God. It's tangible. He's holding it on His lap. It's sitting right here before my eyes. It's something that God gave us, the truth. You know, uh, when I do ride-alongs with police officers, you know what they never leave with? Without their girded belt, girded around their waist. Why? Because there's a weapon, a gun, taser, pepper spray, handcuffs, flashlight, Everything they need is around that foundation of that duty belt. If you ain't got the foundation of the truth, you ain't got an armor. If we waving wishy-washy on, on the truth of God's Word, because no matter what happens in life, as a believer, we know we could always go to the, God's Word for the answer to anything we need in life. If we try and go to psychiatrists and anybody else, it, it all entails to the truth of God's Word. The truth of God's Word. We, we can see it. We can touch it. We can read it. You know, the, the first word is the word wiles. Wiles. So we can stand against the wiles of the devil. What, what is wiles? You know, when you look at that, you think, well, what's a wile? Actually, it's a method that the devil uses to come against you. See, we, we have to, when you know the truth, then you could overcome any obstacle. You know, uh, uh, right now, all we can watch on ESPN is replays. So if, if the Saints are playing whoever, the other day I think they were playing the Vikings, we already knew the outcome of a game we're watching. So therefore, whatever happened in that game did not affect us emotionally. It did not affect our mind. It did not put anxious thoughts 
bad thoughts. We didn't scream at the TV. We didn't yell at Drew Brees. We didn't do any of that stuff because we knew the outcome of the game. Well, if you read God's Word, He tells you the outcome of what's happening on earth. So if we already know the end from the beginning, if we know the outcome of everything that's happening in life today, why are we so anxious about the game we're playing, the game of life, if we already know the outcome? I just want to let you know, in case you don't know the outcome, we win. We, he paid the price for us on that cross so we can accept, believe, and be armored up for life so we win. So no matter what you're facing, God has won the battle for us. We already won. And then to deceive. Again, the word deceive bears a strong resemblance to the word wiles and deceive. This word actually means to roam around like planets. Planets orbit and roam around the universe. Literally, Satan doesn't just want your head in the cloud spiritually. He wants your mind to be out in orbit. He wants your mind, when he deceives you, he's basically wanting your mind to roam around away from the truth of God. That's, that's powerful. And I know that this, this is not a message that's going to make you jump, holler, scream, and run down, but you need to know this. Because I don't know the next phase that's coming to, to, to what's happening. You know, the, the next phase may be the blackout that a lot of people predicting is going to happen. You wake up tomorrow morning and there is no internet and no cell phone service. What's, what are you going to do? Well, how is that going to affect you? I already talked to somebody who works at Loop and he said, that's going to shut down our whole operation. Our whole operation will be shut down if we have a blackout for any period of time. Is that going to make us anxious? Or is somebody still going to be walking around doing this? Going on top of your roof trying to get service. See, we have to be ready. We have to be ready. And the belt of truth we need. And listen, the truth is in God's Word. I have to move on to the breastplate of righteousness. See, truth is the standard. So now you know what's right, what right and wrong is. See, demons love wrong. If they disconnect you from the truth, they control the environment. Look at the peaceful protest that's going on. So all of a sudden, somebody got disconnected from the truth and decided to say that police is bad. And look at what's controlling the environment now. Because all it was, somebody got disconnected from the truth. It don't matter that they had 55 million calls in the U.S., and only a few went bad. Think about that. Out of all the police calls, a few went bad, but they're going to disconnect you from that truth and say, well, let's just do away with the police officers. I mean, if there's a domestic uh, 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 dispute going on, send a therapist. Listen, I've gone on those domestic calls. I've gone. And when you get there, it's past therapists. And somebody's usually holding a weapon. Somebody is on the verge of taking someone else's life. That's serious. 
That's the truth of the matter. So we, we got to understand that truth is the standard. So now you know what right and wrong is. See, demons want to disconnect you from the truth. In, in the spiritual battle, you need to protect what? What the breastplate protects? Your heart. You never take that off. Never leave your heart open up and vulnerable. Why? Because the Bible says out of the abundance of the mouth, the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what is infiltrating your heart is going to come out of your mouth. What is infiltrating the heart is going to come out of the mouth. So we got to be careful. See, righteousness comes to the believer in two classifications, two ways that you get righteousness. Number one, it's imputed. In other words, what Christ works for the believer, that justifies us. What he done on the cross, in fact, the Bible says that Abraham was uh, 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 imputed righteousness. God, and it was imputed to him for righteousness. Why? Because Abraham believed. So all you got to do is believe, and it's imputed righteousness into you. That's one way. And then there's imparted righteousness. See, that which Christ works in and through the believer, the believer must not only believe in righteousness, he must put on as a breastplate. In other words, now it's a way of life. What Christ done for you, he justified you by faith. Just as if you never done everything that you've done, all them sins. But now through the word of God, it tells us how we should live. That's imparted righteousness. In other words, I, I know I shouldn't kill my brother with my tongue. I know I shouldn't steal. I know I shouldn't do all. Why? Because God's word tells us this. And listen, I don't want people to, to, to misjudge that for self-righteousness because that's a subject totally on its own. Christ justified us like we never did it. The breastplate of righteousness. In other words, if you say you're a believer, there's a standard that we need to live by. People need to know that you are separated, that you are a Christian. And that's where that breastplate comes into play. Christ did it for us. You know, self-righteousness is a denial of the, de the redemptive work of Christ. Self-righteousness says this, I don't see anything wrong with it. Or I don't feel any conviction over it. Does it make it right if you don't feel conviction over it? You know, there's people who murder people that don't feel convicted. So is it okay? No, because it's not... It goes against what God's Word says. So we, we need the breastplate of righteousness. And then having your feet, your shoes shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. And what I want to talk about here is that we can bring the gospel of peace. Like that pastor went into the Minneapolis and he brought the gospel into the, the six blocks of the no-cop zone. And they carried him out because he was preaching Jesus. You can bring the gospel of peace. But what I want to focus on today is this. The protective gospel of peace. The protective peace from the world. See, believers have to learn to allow that protective peace of God to govern their hearts, their minds, 
and their feet as we walk in faith. Listen, Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15 says this. There's a three-letter word I want you to see in that, that verse. is let. L-E-T. So that means you have an option to do this or not do this. And let the peace of God rule what? Your hearts. To which also you were called in what? Two bodies. 31 churches on the bayou. 31 bodies. No. One body. One Lord. One Savior. One hope. Jesus Christ. But you see, you got to let the peace of God rule your hearts. Some of you don't allow God to rule, the, the peace to rule your heart. Some of you allow the problems that you see versus the God that seems invisible in your circumstance. Oh, that's good. You can't allow the problems that you see trump the God that might be seeming invisible in your circumstance. you got to let that peace come in your heart. Let him rule over you. Let. A peacemaker is one who quenches the voice of division and strife. See, there's every, all kind of people trying to divide. You know, with this quarantine happen, almost like everybody else, just confused. We can't leave our house. Well, should I touch this? Should I touch, should I touch did, did Pastor Scott touch this? He was coughing a little while ago. Now I'm touching this. He didn't sanitize this before I got up here. And, and now I'm touching it. So what he coughed, I might get the cough tomorrow. And, and, and now, now there's all kind of confusion with this quarantine. And I say, God, what, what's going on? And this is what I felt God spoke to me. He says, you know, before all this happened, there was division amongst my body. Division amongst my body. And he, he speaks to me sometimes in simple terms. Like, for example, when I was a kid, I'd go play by my friend's house. And, and when we were being bad, she'd come and she'd say, listen, go home. I don't want to see you for three days. She'd quarantine me to my house for three days. In three days, come back and you can play again. So for three days, I had to go home and sit about the stuff, that, think about everything that we've done bad, and think, man, I, I can't play with my friend. And I'm home, and I can't leave. I can't go back. God said that there was too much division within the body, so he had to send everybody home to think about what they've been doing. And I believe it was a time to consecrate ourselves. And get ourselves right. So when we come back, that we can play good together. Now I'm not talking about agreeing with false doctrine. That's not my point. But my point is, if you believe in Jesus and he's the only way, and I believe in Jesus and he's the only way, it, it don't matter that you believe that we baptize in the name of Jesus or in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Why should we separate over that? Why should we separate over these little things that... Paul said, Timothy, not to argue over. I mean, y'all both are preaching the gospel of Jesus. Why major on the minor things? So I believe he sent everybody home to think about what they've been doing so that when we come out again, that we can play nice together. Because one thing Jesus said before he left to go to heaven is, I wish that you would all be one. I wish that you would all be unified. I wish that you would... Now listen, I'm, 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 I'm okay with having 
talks about theology and, and different doctrines, but I think we should, we should keep it on a level-headed basis. You may agree with me on some things. You may not agree with me on some things. And I believe it's okay to have those discussions in peace that we shouldn't all of a sudden now have a wall up because of it. Let the peace of God rule your hearts. Let it. Now the next three we have to take. It says, take the shield of faith. To what? To quench what? The fiery darts of the enemy. I'm an Indian, Native American. My buddy Ryan's a cowboy. No, I'm just... But I see his horses. I see his canvas. I see all those things. I don't need fire in my arrow to kill him. I can shoot him right in the heart with my arrow and it would kill him. But what I do is I set fire to my arrow and I'm going to burn his stuff. Because he can't fight me and a fire at the same time. And what the enemy does is he sets fire to your stuff to cause a distraction. So now you're not fighting the enemy no more. You're fighting your kids. You're fighting your wife. You're fighting your neighbor. You're fighting the government. You're fighting all these things instead of fighting the true enemy. And the shield of faith is going to quench the enemy's fires. We have to have faith. We got to take that shield. When, when, when negative news comes, bad news comes, take that shield and put it up and say, this is what you're going to hit. You're going to hit the Word of God. You're going to hit faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. The unseen is eternal. To fix your eyes on something is a choice. I choose to fix my eyes on the heavenly. I see what's going on on earth, but that's not where my focus is. My focus is on the heavenly. To fix your eyes, we must choose to focus on the unseen. For that is what is eternal. And in doing so, we take on the shield of faith. Faith, a choice to believe. Hope. Be sure and certain of something that is unseen. I, I, I believe God is working in the midst of everything we see. Why? Because I choose to believe that. I choose to believe that He's still God on the throne. That He preordained all. This did not take God by accident. When all this happened and He said all the churches closed down, uh, God didn't go, what are we going to do now? He knew this would happen. God knew. We take our shield of faith by hearing. Through hearing, our faith is going to increase. That's why I believe that in, in um, Hebrews 10.25, you don't have to put it up, but it says, do not forsake the assembling of ourselves. Why? Because we build each other up. We, we build our swords up. We sharpen our swords and it says, do it even more as you see the day approaching. And boy, do we see the day approaching. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it's gotten worse. Is it going to get worse than what it is now? According to Scripture, yeah. And in fact, according to Scripture, you ain't seen nothing yet. We ain't seen nothing yet. So we have to take on that shield of faith. 
because we know that there's many fiery darts coming, coming at us. See, Satan seeks to distract us by getting us to focus our attention on material instead of spiritual. But we cannot allow the fiery darts of the enemy to come in anymore. We have to pick up that shield of faith. Wow, there's power in faith. You know, the, the, uh, one of the ways, uh, analogy that I'm going to use is, is um, motion detector lights. Motion detector lights only come on if you move. There's a whole force of energy waiting for that light to come on, but if you don't move, that light's not going to come on. When they had to march around Jericho for the walls to fall, they had to move so the power can engage. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So in other words, we have to do something so God can intervene in the situation. If we do nothing, we get nothing. But you see, all God asks is that you do the possible so he can show up and do the impossible. All he asks is that you anoint a person with oil and you could do the possible. He shows up and does the impossible in somebody's life. Anoint him with oil and he'll raise him up. And if he confesses his sin, he'll be forgiven. So what he has to do to be forgiven? He has to what? He has to do something, right? He's got to confess. I confess. I believe. And God shows up and the power of God does something. So we, we have to know that faith without works is dead. So we just can't sit and do nothing. You say, well, you said the stand earlier. We're going to get to that at the end. Because like I said, standing is still not doing nothing if you're doing it with what God says to do. Then he says, take on the helmet of salvation. We're almost there. This is not too bad. Helmet of salvation. The brain. with certain thoughts that's why we need to keep our minds renewed we have to have that that the, the protection of our eyes and our ears you know the the power of the mind there's nothing more powerful than a made-up mind think about it when, when you make up your mind to do something 
you do it. Nobody can stop you. Nobody can deter you. You know what? You're doing it. You know, when, when T. Mike said he was getting married, and Brittany said they were getting married, I'm like, you sure? Yeah. Couldn't change that mind. Couldn't change her mind. You know, no matter what we thought, no matter what we said, I, I didn't discourage them. I'm not saying that. I always prayed God's will. But what I'm saying is, if somebody went and tried to discourage it or tried to, to say no, a made-up mind's hard to change. You know, you decided you want to go back to school. Did anybody try and discourage you? If they did, it didn't matter because your mind was made up. She kicked him out the door, but he still, mind was made up. When she told him the money he would be making after, then she said, oh yeah, you can go. <laughs> Why? Because now she made up her mind with what she was going to do after it's all said and done. A made up mind's powerful. You cannot change a made up mind. You know, if I make up my mind to do something, my wife can tell me, my mind's made up, I'm sorry. Like, it's made up. You know, and, and will you second guess yourself? You might, but you still made up your mind, and you're going forward with it. We need to make up our minds that every day we're going to take the armor of God and we're going to keep it on. No matter what we see, no matter what we hear, no matter what the media says, no matter what the world says, no matter what anybody says, we need to make up our mind that we're going forward in Christ and nothing's going to stop us. Why? Because there's nothing that can change a made-up mind, but there's nothing worse than a polluted mind. So what do you mean? Well, if you listen to the media all the time, your mind's being polluted. If you're always listening to the media, your mind's being polluted. And sometimes we just got to block out the noise and say, you know what? This week I'm not listening to anything on the news. But some of you are addicted to it. I know. You got to know what's going on. You got espionne. Only Cajun people know what that is, espionne. They got to turn on the news and espionne what's going on. But then it gets you frustrated. It gets you aggravated. It, you, you, the rest of the day is shot. Because you infiltrate in your mind with pollution. And you don't believe the pollution, but it's still affecting your emotions. It's still affecting who you are. You know, the media will give you pollution. You know what else will? Bad counsel. Be careful who you counsel with. You know, when we have to make a decision, Pastor Scott's on our presbyter board and, and certain other pastors, I, I don't make major decisions without discussing it with different people on our board. Because I don't want to go in the wrong direction, so I'll get different people's opinions and what they say. And you know, most of the time, God will make it to where the majority say the same thing. And then you know the direction God should send you in. But too many people never counsel with someone who's not in the Word of God. If you go into someone for advice and they're not in God's Word and they're not armored up, then don't take that advice. Because remember, we're operating in the heavenlies, not earthly. We're, we're walking in a different realm than the world. In fact, the Bible says we're just passing through here. We're aliens passing through. We're peculiar people. 
And boy, the more you get around church people, you realize they're peculiar people. Real peculiar. So we got to be careful as to what pollutes our mind. You know, we have to resist what the world is trying to put in our minds so that we won't be defeated by the devil. Listen, that's important. That's important. And then the potential of your mind. Don't let your thinking be limited to what you see. Think about that. Don't let your thinking be limited by what you see. You say, but it ain't good. Well, read the Word of God and, and go figure out what happens in the end. We win. You know what God said? And I saw a multitude before the throne, a great multitude. You know what they were? They were all different colors. They were all different tribes. They were all different nations. Don't tell me God don't see color. He created color. And to him, it's beautiful. It's not about color. It's about sin. It's never been about color. It's always been about sin. And when we take care of the sin problem, then you ain't going to have a color problem. When you get rid of the sin, there won't be a color problem. Romans 12 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Paul says if we want our lives to change, then we must first renew our mind. We have to change what we think. How do you conform to something? How do you be transformed by something? You know that caterpillar? It don't look like much. That caterpillar is confined to one tree. Sit there on that branch. You look at it, it's like, eh, it's a caterpillar. Eh. But it comes a point in time when that caterpillar is going to find a branch and is going to sit on it. And there's a process that's called metamorphosis. And for 12 to 14 days, that caterpillar is going to begin to molt, begin to molt. And all of a sudden, the walls on that caterpillar is going to break, and all of a sudden, a monarch butterfly is going to come out beautiful butterfly that's no longer confined to one tree it can now fly from tree to tree and be the beauty that god had created it to be that's what happens in a person's life when they receive christ as his personal savior all of a sudden he is now the metamorphosis is changed from the inside out and now he's no longer confined to this one area He's no longer confined to just an earthly being. Now he is a citizen belonging to a different kingdom, which is the kingdom of heaven. Now he's renewed. Now he says, oh, I don't like this tree, so I'm going to fly on this tree. And then people are looking at him, and you don't see people killing butterflies. They enjoy the beauty of it. Sword of the Spirit. Man, we're on number six. This is good. I was nervous about how, how long it would go. Especially, this is all six hours. Y'all getting this in 40 minutes. The Sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pastor Scott did a fantastic job on, on Jesus and how he was tempted. But did you notice 
how Satan tempted Jesus. And that's when this message started coming to me to bring about the, the armor of God. He tested his identity. Now listen, Jesus never started doing any miracles until God told him who he was. You got to get this. In other words, after he was baptized, heaven opened up and God could have looked down and said, Jesus, you're going to perform many miracles. Jesus, you're going to cast out devils. Jesus, you're going you're gonna to feed 5,000 with just a little bit. Je- you're going to do all these great things, Jesus. No, he didn't say that. All he said is, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. So once he got his identity, he knew who he was and he knew what he could do. You got to get this this morning. Once you release yourself to him and you become a son of God, now you have a different identity. So Satan comes and says what? If you are the son of God. He was trying to make Jesus doubt who he was, just like the devil tries to make you doubt who you are. If you are the son of God. If you are the son of God. But Jesus' response was never with words. It was with the Word. See, we're, we're not called to entertain the devil. We're not called to negotiate with the devil. We're called to resist the devil and he will flee. And we resist them with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. You know, and, and the interesting word, the Greek word here is, is the, the sword was an 18-inch to 12-inch dagger, double-edged sword that this right here, it's not the three or four-foot sword that people think, it's the dagger, and it had a two-fold purpose. Number one, it was an offensive weapon. If so, that was the same sword Peter pulled out of his duty belt to try and cut the neck off of the soldier, but he ducked and he got his ear. But also, if an arrow went into somebody, that sword was used to pull the arrow out of the person to bring healing. Oh, come on now. See, we, we, we got the Word of God inside of us, but that Word is meant as an offensive weapon to deter the enemy, but it's meant as a healing for people who need it. We got to understand that we are co-heirs with Christ. Christ is working through us, and we are all co-laborers together. If, if you are going through something and you got my contact info, message me. Because we need to bear each other's burdens in times like this. This isolation is not good. This quarantine is not good. None of this is good for the mind, the heart, and the soul. We need each other. We need each other. We got to know who we're fighting. Oh, man. <laughs> okay, listen. David goes to the battlefield. David has been prepared to kill the, the giant. Prepared. His dad says, hey, take your brother some food. So he goes to the battlefield. Get this in your mind. He walks to the battlefield, and there are armed soldiers ready to fight. And there's an enemy called Goliath on the other side that comes down twice a day and says, anybody who's willing, come on, I'm ready. And all of them cower down. So here comes David, unarmed, civilian clothes, walks onto the battlefield, And these soldiers want to pick a fight with him. We got to know who we're fighting. We can't pick fights with each other. 
We got a real enemy called the devil that's trying to divide and diversify and do all these things to the church. What did David tell his brothers? I'm sure David thought about it. You know what? I've been preparing. Maybe I should whip one of them right here just to show everybody. He didn't. Basically, he said, what I did to you. That's what he told them. When his brothers said, would you come here? And he started making fun of him and blah, blah, blah. What I did to you. Then he went straight to the king. Say, hey, what's the deal with this Goliath over here? Well, see, we got to pick and choose our battles. See, if David would have been fighting who he shouldn't have fought, he would have been draining his anointing. It would have been draining who he was. It would have been then when he would have went to fight Goliath, he wouldn't have had the strength because he was fighting other things that God never anointed him to fight. Some of you are fighting battles that God did not anoint you to fight. Some battles we just got to ignore. Some battles we just got to walk away from because God never wanted you in that fight to begin with. Come on, this is good teaching here. It might not be good preaching, but it's good teaching. Everybody was against David, except the one that counted. Everybody might be against you, but if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is with you, you are more than a conqueror. No matter what life brings you, you're going to overcome it. We got to be careful what we, why, what was the brothers? A distraction that Satan was using so David would never fight Goliath. He could have threw the food and said, I'm going back to my sheep. I'm going back home. No, there's a bigger purpose. There's always a bigger purpose. All right, I'm closing it up, I'm closing it up. In Daniel 10, in verse 12, See, we got to be careful of physical fights that we shouldn't get into. Because remember, where is the devil? Heavenly places, spiritual realm, spiritual battle. Daniel 10, Daniel prayed to God. And it says, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. From the first day that you set your heart to understand, to, the, to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I've come because of your words. In other words, the first day he prayed, God heard. And he says, you know what? I'm going to send the answer. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me. For I had been let, left alone there with the kings of Persia. Daniel fasted and prayed. Until the answer came. In other words, God sent the answer, but it was stuck up in the heavenlies because there's a battle going on. Some of you have been praying and praying, and it seems like you didn't get your answer. But I want to let you know, God has heard your prayer from the first day, and it's a battle going on in the heavenlies. There's a battle going on. You know, you know, this is the thing. The Bible says, praying always with all prayers and supplications and be watchful. That's at the end of all this armor. Praying always with all prayers and supplications. That, there's all kind of different kinds. We ain't going to get into different kind of prayers, but there is all kind of prayers. We say, what, what is that? 
You know, Paul used this analogy of a Roman soldier because he was in prison and he saw the, the guard. So he wrote this armor according to everything that guard wore, that soldier wore. If Paul was alive today, you know what Paul would use for this last one? Praying with all kind of prayers and supplication. You know, there are times when the battle on the ground is getting hot and heavy, and all of a sudden, this, this sergeant takes the radio, Pastor Scott, and he says, hey, we need air raid. We need air attack. We need some help. And they send it from above, and they drop the bombs and blow up the enemy. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer does. It all of a sudden goes into the air, and it begins to fight what you can't see. That's the prayers that we need today. It's, it's not a time to be anxious. It's not a time to, to be depressed. It's time to get on our knees and repent for what we haven't done and get a hold of God for our country and get a hold of God for our president and get a hold of God for our community. But listen, all prayers, you know what we're calling for? Every branch of the military has what they call special forces. You have the Air Force Commando. You have the Navy SEALs. You have the Green Beret. You have the Marine Special Ops. And what God is saying, it's time we get the Special Forces together and begin to pray and fast like never before. Because our country needs it. Why? Why did Paul say all that in chains? At the very end, he says, so... Utterance may be given to me from God that I could speak the gospel boldly. It takes guts to go in the middle of these protesters and speak the gospel boldly. Most people would rather stay confined and just watch things on TV. But there's going to be a time when God's going to call us to go in the middle of chaos, in the middle of injustice, in the middle of all these things, and stand and speak the Word of God with boldness. Right here in America, you could be arrested for speaking the Word of God with boldness. And you can be considered a terrorist because you're speaking the Word of God. If there's any time that we need the armor of God, it's today. It's today. It's today. We need the truth. We need righteousness. We need our feet with the gospel of peace. We need the shield of faith. We need the helmet of salvation. And don't ever leave your house without that sword. Some people are, are buying guns now and they're getting locked and loaded. Why would we do it physically but not have it all on spiritually? You say, well, what do you think about owning a gun? I mean, Peter owned that double-edged sword. Uh, I mean, I don't know who he fought, but apparently Peter fought a lot of people. Because at one time, Peter comes to Jesus and says, hey, uh, how many times should I forgive my brother? <laughs> you know, how many? just tell me how many times. How many times should I forgive him before I pull the sword out and take care of him? You know, and that's what Jesus is like, well, 70 times 7, you know, 490 times. Peter's like, all right, I'm done. You know, and, and so, I mean, he did have an offensive weapon. I don't know how many times he used it, but, you know, there's a lot of things that we don't know that happened, I'm sure. Oh, I say. 
<laughs> in secret. But if we all stand, I want to pray over you. Listen, if, if <clears throat> any of you today, I want to, I want to just be real with you. I, I don't know when the end of the world is. I can't even, I'm not even going to try and predict anything because only God knows. But I do know this. If you was to leave this earth and you never received Jesus as your personal Savior, if you never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, I do say this, you're on your way to hell. If you leave earth unprepared, without Jesus, you're not going to make it. Watching online or even in this building, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Savior, and you want to receive Him today, just raise your hand and we'll pray. Amen. I see that hand. God bless you. We're going to bow our heads and we're going to pray. I want you all to repeat after me. Say, Dear God, I come to you today. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I receive you as my personal Savior. I choose to follow you from this day forth and the rest of my life. Satan, I renounce you. I will no longer live for you. In Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, I bless everyone here today. Everyone watching online, I speak a special blessing. Lord, I pray protection. Lord, I pray wisdom. Lord, I pray clarity. Father, Lord, I also pray that the peace of God would cover them. The peace that passes all understanding, Lord, that would just guard their hearts, guard their minds, guard their soul. Lord, that you would just be with them, Father. And Lord, that you would put an urgency in us that we would pray like never before. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you all. Love you. Amen. Hallelujah.